0: A very warm welcome to the Data Professional Stories, a podcast powered by change leaders. Our today's guest is Vivek Suresh, a hands-on technologist having 15 years of experience with expertise in DWBI, big data, data science, machine learning, and deep learning. He's currently working with Citibank as AI operation lead. So Vivek, welcome again. Please tell us something about yourself, about your family background, and then your academic journey.
1: Sure. Uh, First of all, uh, thanks a lot for having me on the podcast um so i basically come from a, a middle class family based out of uh, uh the capital city of kerala okay. uh, my father uh he retired as a chief scientist at RRL, which is which is a sister lab of csir right and it's now called as niast uh, my mother is a homemaker and i have a sister uh, as well uh, i'm currently staying in chennai uh, with my wife and daughter right um i had my schooling and graduate studies uh, all of that at uh, Trivandrum itself. Um, I did my BTech in Mechanical Engineering from College of Engineering, Trivandrum, uh, which is one of the oldest um, engineering ins- institutions in the country, right? Okay. So yeah, so that's that's basically about it uh, about my family and my um, okay. Uh, a brief intro to my educational background.
0: Okay, great. Uh, tell me more about your school days and college. How were you in studies? So I would I
1: would say I was. Uh, I was an above average student, um, mm-hmm. and there were some some subjects that I used to uh, score pretty well, right? I mean, I used to uh, ace in some of the subjects, um, and in, uh, and uh, in fact, my favorite subjects while in uh, while in tenth uh, was was uh, chemistry, biology, and history. Okay. Uh, and in fact, even even in twelfth, um, chemistry and biology were actually my strong subjects, and I actually thought I would go into medicine, uh, but by the time um, it was towards the end of twelfth, and uh, by the time it was uh, it was time to take the entrance exam, uh, which where we then decide whether we go into engineering or medicine. Uh, that time things changed, and I uh, that's when I started giving importance to engineering, right? And that's how I ended up uh, taking up engineering.
0: Okay. Okay. So, how did you land in your first job?
1: Okay. So um, we had campus placements. Uh, uh for our batch okay. uh, in, in college right so that there i uh, i landed a job with cognizant right cognizant technologies okay okay um uh, but i also since i was uh, since i did the mechanical engineering i also had another offer from a mechanical engineering firm uh, mm-hmm. and in fact i actually joined there first and it was just by uh, i would say by just work of fate um, uh, that i didn't continue there, so I I just stayed there for a week and then I uh, okay. quit there and then came and joined uh, Cognizant, which incidentally, I mean, luckily for me, the joining dates were were a month or, or six weeks apart, so so I could, uh, I could have the luxury of uh, choosing Cognizant uh, and then joining Cognizant uh, okay. uh, six weeks later, right? So that's how I, that's how my career ended up being in software engineering, and that's how that's okay. where it all started, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, that's how it happened.
0: Okay, so uh, what was your mindset five years ago about how you are going to take your career ahead?
1: Ah, um, yeah. So, um, so I would say, luckily, fortunately, uh you know, um, when I started off in Cognizant, my initial, um, um, initial training as well as all my initial projects were in data itself, right? Uh, and somehow, um, uh, I I felt uh, some sort of connection with with the kind of kind of work that we were doing in data. So I started off um I would say initially in ETL uh in the ETL world, uh building data pipelines, right, using uh ETL uh technologies tools like Informatica and Abnisho, right? And then into data modeling, uh a little bit of BI and things of that sort. So that's how I kind of started off um uh, uh, in in my software engineering career itself, right? So it was completely in data to start off with, uh, I would say. Right. So and uh, Okay. Yeah, and, and I I would I would feel uh, I would say I was lucky enough uh, to start off in that field. Great.
0: Were you always wanting to get into data science and AI, or you have developed an interest while exploring your skills?
1: Ah, uh, okay. So, um, I would say, um, getting or coming into, uh, data science and AI was kind of a natural progression okay. for for someone like me because I was always in into? in the data into data, right? Yeah. So so, I started off in ETL, uh, then did data modeling, uh, then moved on to say these MPPs like um, Teradata and ETISA, right? And then from there on to big data. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, and this was around 2016, 2017, right? And at that point in time, uh, in a way, the next logical move was actually into data science and AI. And um, due to certain things that happened uh, at office at that point in time, I was lucky enough to move. So, towards the end of 2017, I was lucky enough to actually move. Into the data science practice within uh, within cognizant, right? So, um, so I would say yeah. Uh, for me, it was a natural progression to move into uh, into AI.
0: Okay, tell us something about roles which you have played in your past organization and uh, what have you learned there. Which one gives you the best experience?
1: Ha, huh. got it. Okay. So, um, so I, I like I mentioned earlier, I started off as a ETL developer. Okay. Uh, right. So then. Uh, over the period of, uh, uh, say, over, over six, seven years, I worked in various, I mean, two major technologies in the ETL world, right, so in, in Informatica and and Abinitio, um, and um, also were part of some large uh, large programs where we were doing, say, greenfield development, uh, and also were doing migrations, right, both data migrations and ETL migrations um so something that i learned during that phase of my career was the importance that one should give to say data quality uh, something that one importance that one should give to say um um uh, uh, SIT, right? I mean, your system integration testing, especially when it comes to data migration, right? The importance of ensuring that the data that you've migrated, the ETL product, uh, uh, when you move from, migrate from one ETL back uh, tool to another ETL back uh, ETL tool, ensuring that your output remains the same, right? So the importance that you do testing as well as the importance that you to data quality, right? So that's something that I, that I learned uh, at that point in time, which which I feel is something that's relevant even nowadays, right? I mean, uh, all of your machine learning and AI models in turn depend on data. And it um, it becomes kind of mandatory to ensure that the kind of uh, data that gets consumed by the models uh, are of the highest quality, right? So data certification, data quality, data governance, uh, things that I learned earlier on uh, in my career, uh, I feel are, are kind of relevant even now, right? And in fact, more relevant now, even that there is all these discussions about um, ethics and uh, ethics in AI and all those things, which essentially is the quality of data that you're using, right? Or the kind of data that you're using.
0: Okay.
1: Like, so, um, uh, yeah, so from ETL development, then, I, then I've then i also played data architect roles. I've also played program manager, delivery manager roles, right? All in the all in this data, uh, data and AI uh, realm, right? Um, and... Um, uh, and currently, I'm uh, like you, like you mentioned at the beginning, right? Currently, I'm working as a machine learning solution team, for, okay. uh, for building an AI ops product, uh, which we are building internally here in City Bank. Okay.
0: So, what are your learnings right now, and what do you think will be the future trend?
1: What What are my learnings now, right? Okay. Yes, so, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, um, so within the AI, uh, AI space, uh, machine learning and AI space, I would say, um, uh, computer vision, uh, especially using uh, transformers, right? So, transformers, um, uh, is, is, a, is, a, is I would say, a modeling uh, uh, paradigm, right, or neural network paradigm that was initially used for natural language uh, processing. Um, so, now the same concepts are being applied to uh, images, right, or, or I would say computer vision. Uh, Computer vision, uh, generally computer vision historically uh, has been done using convolutional neural networks, but uh, now uh, transformers are, uh, I mean, people are trying to use transformers and then see whether uh, the accuracies uh, can be improved, right, or or the model performance can be improved and also efficiency can be brought in for uh, uh, image um, uh, image recognition recognition or i would say computer vision related tasks as well right so that is something that i'm uh, that's something that is latest in the computer vision field and that's something i'm i'm, I'm trying to learn uh, as well right and i'm, I'm trying to do some hands on small uh, projects there uh, to try and see how how effective it is right and how to effectively use it um in addition to that um say uh, now that most organizations have moved on from say using machine learning and ai as just uh, i mean doing just building prototypes alone right yeah Uh, now we are talking about model deployments right and ensuring that the model performs well over a period of time right so so there is this whole concept of ml ops which is uh, the operations around uh, managing your ml platform right so right all the way from your development deployment and post deployment ensuring that um, your model's performance uh, does not decay or even if it decays you you have proper mechanisms in place to capture and understand that hey your model has decayed you might have to go relook at say maybe retraining the model or rebuilding a completely different model right okay. so this whole field of MLOps is, is, is evolving um, so I, I'm keenly uh, reading up on and I trying to uh, stay in touch with say what all whatever is new that is happening in the ml ops space mm-hmm. um right so these are the two things that I would say are uh, that i'm I'm reading currently and and I'm interested in uh, the future i would say um uh say two two things right so one is uh, say there is a lot of a lot of research now happening on how um, graph databases can be they tied up mm-hmm. with uh, say deep neural network right and then how uh how the how both of them how the power of the building relationships or storing relationships in graph db can be used to power or enhance the power of say deep neural networks, be it for um be it for very complex tasks in natural language processing like say understanding your um say understanding context right or for core reference resolution and things like that um, and even for vision, right? So that's I, th- I think that's one field that where there will be a lot of movement. Another is uh, a completely different field, which is cybersecurity, right? But given the kind of um, the usage of I would say IoT-based devices, devices that are coming up, uh, remote-based work that is uh, that is on the increase, right? Um, so these are essentially opening up fault points for the industry. I mean, for for the companies, right? So um cap ensuring that you are covering all these fault points ensuring that mm-hmm. you are uh, you have a more robust, um i would say uh, security around you know, such attack, attacks from these okay. attacks from these touch points
0: mm-hmm. cyber
1: security i think is one area that would keep growing uh, and become very much more relevant right so yes, yes. Uh, somehow i feel just like data became say I would say um, the new oil, right? So cyber security in future would be become would also become an in- inevitable component uh, that, that every organization yep. would look at. Yes. You would you would have read about all these ransomware attacks and all this. Right. Stuff. So so okay. yeah, that's that's my two cents I would say. Okay, okay.
0: Um, so what difficulties have you faced to reach where you are today?
1: Okay, so yeah, so that was multi. I mean, different aspects, different facets to that question, right? So, from a a learning uh, learning standpoint, um, Mm -hmm. I would say at least earlier on, say when I started off. uh, I mean, sorry, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, when I started off uh, my career, that time, say if you have to learn a new technology, then you invariably have to go through the documentation of the tool, right, or or the uh, 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 or or the product. uh, I mean, from the product, whatever documentation that that they keep, right? Mm-hmm. Uh but as time progress, especially in today's world, uh there is lot lot of learning material, open source learning material that is available. We have
0: more access nowadays.
1: We have more access nowadays, right? So you have medium, you have towards data science, you have I mean something
0: right. nothing
1: else stack overflow, right? If so you don't want to read too much, you just want to know how to implement the code and you have a doubt and that you go to stack Overflow, you get your job done. Right? Yeah. So now I would say from a learning standpoint, there is a lot more uh, material out there in the world, uh, which at least earlier on was, was much more difficult to, to get, right? Um, then, say, when I was moving from data engineering space to data science, uh, data science and AI, right, mm-hmm. uh, one major uh, difficulty I felt, uh, or at least I faced, was um so we have to change our perspective from seeing the data, uh, right? So, so till then I was seeing data in, in tables, right? I mean loading data into tables, fetching it from tables and displaying, creating reports and things of like that sort. So all all the data, even if it's constructed data, you would convert it into some sort of structure and then store it in the table, and then all your um, all your relation with the t- table or or your access points with the data would be through that table, right? But right so in the world of ai um, in machine learning and all you have to start seeing you have to be you have to kind of become comfortable seeing data in matrices right so in vectors vector form arrays and matrices right mm-hmm. and uh, for someone like me who was who who, um, uh, who was from this data world uh, having seen everything in tables it, it actually took time for me to say change that perspective right so to to understand say, how to say work work with metrics Work with arrays and things of that sort, right? So, um, uh, and I've heard it from other other friends and other classmates of mine who have who have had a similar journey, right? Okay. Um, another aspect is, um, say especially when you move into data science and AI, um, because still then, uh, whatever other so especially when you're moving from a software engineering world or a data engineering world, your um, your main focus is on the engineering aspect. Right, so you look at say how say if it's in data engineering, you would look at how to get the data from one place to another, right? And the dynamics associated associated with velocity, variety, volume, right? Various trans- types of transformations that you would want to do on the data, and all those things, which is more engineering aspects, right? So you would look at what tool to use, what is the best optimized approach to uh, adopt, uh, ensure parallel processing, and all those things, right? Whereas uh, in this field of data science and AI, one actually needs to start looking at what value can be derived from the data, right? Which again, I felt is a complete perspective change uh, for someone who is moving from a software engineering field or a data engineering field to data science, right? So, so that And that change in mindset, change in approach, uh, I would say is a difficulty that you have to go through, right? I mean, mm-hmm. something that you have to... You will, I mean, it won't be there from day one, yeah. Um, so something that has to evolve over a period of time. Okay.
0: Okay. So according to you, what are the crucial things for a data science and AI professionals to reach an expert level?
1: Okay. Yeah. So the technical sites are obviously there, right? Um, um, which is say you have to pick up one or two technologies, say, Python or, or, or Spark for that matter, you have to, you have to, you have to become strong in that, right? you have to say know how to handle uh, say batch processing, real time processing, all those, all those technical sites are there, uh, but above that, right, especially say for folks who are coming from a completely different field into AI, uh, or a completely different field into machine learning and all. Uh, one of the key aspects I would say is perseverance, right, because um,
0: initially
1: you would have to go through a lot of learning. Um, so I would say perseverance and the thirst for learning and knowledge, right? So these are the two things um, that over and above the other aspects, uh, the technical skills, the, the the mathematical skills, the statistical skills, and all those things, all, over and above all of those, these are the two. I would say. um
0: more on these things.
1: crucial behavior of, yeah. Yeah, behavioral aspects that uh, that one has to inculcate so that you can, say, make the transition, uh, right? Um, because say, uh, this field, you have to learn multiple things, say, unlike, say, in software engineering, unlike in data engineering, where you are moving from, say, one technology to another technology, here, you have to learn technology, you have to learn statistics, you have to learn, say, a little bit of linear algebra, you have to learn algorithms, how the algorithms work, so there are multiple things that you have to learn, Yeah. Uh, right, Uh, and you would go into discussions or you would be in discussions where you may not be the smartest person in that discussion, right? So that's where you also have to learn to uh, bite the humble uh, pill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and be ready to learn from others as well, right? So that's, where, that's what I would feel, right? So where perseverance thirst for learning and knowledge, right? And humility in a way, right? So these Absolutely. Your four characteristics uh, are crucial, I would say. hmm
0: Okay, what advice will you give to professionals who already have a two three years career as a data scientist recently what tools they should learn and which concept they should sharpen ah
1: uh, okay so uh, so these are folks who are already into data science right um, yes yes two three years yeah. Of careers yeah they have. yeah, so one has become comfortable in one coding language, right say maybe picker language say maybe Python right so Python uh, in a way for most of the data science tasks or ai tasks uh, that are out there uh, python uh, is, is the preferred tool uh, right and if needed uh, you can always pick up another one right say a, a spark or a scala right depending on the product needs uh, and knowing one language in depth uh makes it easier to pick something else right um another thing is one has to view Uh, Machine learning as a uh, look, I mean, learn to view machine learning as as a software engineer, right? And not purely just as a field of algorithms, Um, because Mm -hmm. algorithms are fast becoming, or I would say, have already uh, become abstracted, right? So there are there are say, beat in Python or beat in even in R, right? So there are packages that you can directly use. You no longer have to build algorithms from scratch, right? um and in fact the uh, google's of the world and microsoft's and uh, aws are actually making um, making it much more abstracted by giving you um uh, giving you ready to use apis for lot of lot of this, lot of the cognitive tasks also right say be it for uh, machine translation be it for uh, computer vision and things of that sort so, okay. so more than learning algorithms, uh, yeah, algorithms obviously. So knowing how the algorithms work and what are the parameters that are needed, what are the hyperparameters that the algorithms need, all those are necessary. But uh, learn to look at um, how, as a, how using software engineering concepts, these machine learning models can be deployed for uh, for solving a problem statement, right? Uh, and also. Uh, Nowadays, nowadays, since uh, uh, since there is a lot more machine learning models and AI models going into production and decisions being taken based on that, it's also important to know how to govern the functioning of the model over a period of time when, when in production, right? So these are the two, three key aspects that now I would say someone who is in data science or someone who is in AI should, should concentrate on um, uh, so, so that they can take their career forward.
0: Okay, great. What excites you now to be into data science domain?
1: Okay, so um, yeah, so the sheer adoption of AI, um, I would say across across not just business and functional problems, but also in uh, but also being used in uh, technology domains uh, like uh, like ITIL, ITISM, right, or IT operations, the the field that I'm in, right. So using machine learning and AI to automate tasks, there, right? Um, machine learning and AI being used in enhancing cybersecurity, right? uh you using uh, using using these concepts for say better network management better bandwidth management in telecommunication and all right so so the sheer adoption of ai across all these wide plethora of uh, uh, fields um i would say is, is what is the most exciting right and uh, the, and within the field itself, the thrust towards mm-hmm. at, achieving true cognitive skills in vision and natural processing uh then all these discussions and implementations around ethics in AI, governance in AI, and all those things, right? So all this a combination of these things is what uh what what i uh, uh what makes it, uh, AI exciting for me now.
0: Okay, great. What would be your advice to your peer leaders in other organizations?
1: Okay, so um so I would assume most of the folks at my level would be would, would more or less be into mid-level management at, at this point in time in their career, right? And uh, for those who are planning to make that shift to an AI ML field to to the AI ML field, um, my advice or my suggestion would be uh, to to be open to the fact that the first few steps that that one needs to take uh, to move into this field is going to be hard. Right. Um, one has to be ready to to kind of learn from uh, subject matter experts. So in this case, the subject matter experts uh, would be data scientists or senior data scientists, and most often than not, they would be juniors in terms of juniors to uh, juniors to you in terms of say years of experience, right? Uh, and also say designations in the company. But uh, but to be learned be ready to learn from them to understand, hey, how could they go about building the use case? How, what kind of approaches did they use for solving, this, uh, solving the uh, problem statement, right? And how did they implement different things of that sort? And um, also be open to say, getting back into coding because most of the times what of, what would happen is so as as one enters into mid-level management, um, one does not usually get time to, to code, right? And you kind of lose touch with coding um so maybe pick one language a python right and and get back and start becoming comfortable uh in coding so obviously that means you would have to allow a lot spe- specific time from your personal time right to mm-hmm. towards this learning towards making the shift um but uh if, if, if one has to make that if, you, if one wants to step into this field that is that is a sacrifice that one will have to say, make for, say, maybe six months or or, or, or one year, uh, uh, for for six months or one year time frame. Okay. Okay, it's time
0: to wind up this session. Thank you so much, Vivek, for sharing your insights to our audience. Thank you, listeners, for spending your time here. Hope you all like it. Please like, share, and comment. And don't forget to subscribe to Data Professional Stories, a podcast powered by Change Leaders. Thank you so much, Vivek, once again. Thank you, Sneha. Thank you for having me.